0: yo what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of button pushers i am your host david lukens it's so blessed to be back with y'all it's another beautifully mediocre day in fargo and it's another day to review the nba playoffs that's right we got day four of nba playoff action occurred yesterday and i am here to tell you guys how it went so without further ado let's hop right into it man first we got the heat versus the pacers Oh I'm sorry, if you couldn't tell already, I will not be having Willem on this episode with me unfortunately, but expect him to be on more episodes in the future. Anyways, the Heat versus the Pacers played in the first game yesterday and the Heat won a 109-100 and the series is now 2-0 Miami. Jimmy Butler did Jimmy Butler things with 18-7-6, but the big thing that propelled the win was an offensive explosion from duncan robinson man he could not miss last night but he had hall of fame rating extender like he looked like a pure sharp in 2k he went for 24 points and he only missed one shot he went seven he shot seven for eight excuse me tj warren just looked like the tj warren we're all used to he had 14 points i mean nothing crazy oladipo came back from getting his eye scratch for game two and he led the team in scoring with 22 points um yeah, this actually happened exactly how I said it would. Oladipo, I knew he'd be a big effect for this Pacers team, and I knew he'd play a big role in the game, but unfortunately, his supporting cast did not do very much in this game. They're still missing Namantis Sabonis a lot, and you can tell in their play because he provides a lot of offense to them as well. And I think they really need him at the four for them to succeed. And unfortunately, I don't know how long he's out, but I'm pretty sure. The Heat can wrap this one up before he comes back, if he can, if he's coming back. Uh, this game was basically very close, actually, in every single category except three-point percentage. And in three-point percentage, the Miami Heat shot 51% compared to the Pacers shooting just 35% in the same amount of attempts. So that's definitely not a recipe for success if you're shooting the same amount of attempts and you're shooting 16% less than your opponent. Obviously, you're not going to win many games like that. This game definitely proved though to be exactly what i said for game one it's going to be a slow defensive oriented grinded uh, sorry defensive oriented grinded out series and whoever has momentum in the last like say four minutes of the game that's who's going to win every single time both of these games have been close this game was only a nine point game and at the end of the game duncan robinson wasn't missing like the heat were still like firing in all cylinders the pacers were missing shots once again so the heat took the win once again and i think with what i just said i'm still going to stick to my guns i'm going to have miami in five still like i feel like they're going to be the team with momentum at the end of every single game and they're going to take in five i do see the pacers taking at least one but that brings us right into the second game of the day which was the Thunder versus the Rockets, man. My Rockets won again without Russell Westbrook, 111 to 98. Now that is a convincing W. Series is now 2-0 Houston. We haven't had Russ and we're up 2-0 and that was my biggest concern for the Rockets. I didn't know if we were gonna win the first two or three games without Russ and we've exceeded my expectations. This game was fun to watch because it was very high scoring in the first quarter. That's right. This team was like 35 to 30 at the end of the first quarter, which to me, I think that's very high scoring. And for the most of the game, this was a dogfight. Like they were going back and forth. Houston had the edge for most of the game. But the second and third quarters, OKC looked a little better. But then the fourth quarter, man, down the stretch, the Thunder just could not hit a shot. And Houston, in the last few minutes of the game, they were knocking down their threes and they took this one home. That's just how it is at the end of the game, like I said about the heat and the Pacers. A lot about momentum, like the Thunder just couldn't shoot very well all night. The Rockets shot about as well as they normally do, but they hit most of the shots at the end of the game, which I'm not complaining, like a win is a win. Biased or not, I can't even really critique the Rockets for what they did last night. I mean, they played their brand of basketball, and it ended up in a convincing dub. So, there's nothing really to complain about. James Harden had 21-9, and nine, so he didn't really score a lot, but he definitely, I mean, he shot poorly, so I'm not going to defend him there, but he was getting after it on the assists, like he was doing that for the Rockets, stepping in with old Russell Westbrook. He's normally the guy who's passing like that, and James Harden definitely stepped into that role last night, and the Rockets only played eight guys last night, and seven of those eight had 10-plus points, which is very good offensive distribution because the defense can't just pick on one guy. Like, they probably could pick on Harden, but he only had 29 points, and they had six other guys with double figures in scoring, so they had more people that they had to look out for, and the Thunder just could not adjust their defense, man. They really just couldn't. I mean, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, he came back off of a sloppy game And this game too we came back in a big way he put up 31 and six uh he definitely looked like the all-star guard that he looked like all season maybe the first game he was just nervous i don't know what but he looked very good last night i mean stephen adams and gallo did their thing too like they just did average numbers but chris paul had a rough game man he had a really rough game he only had 14 points and two assists and for chris paul the 14 points isn't that bad because he doesn't average that many points scoring but two assists like assists are chris paul's brand of basketball that is what like he's regarded as like a point god where he'll find the open man he is widely regarded for his iq and he's definitely sets the tone for them both on the offense and the defensive side of the ball and because he wasn't moving the ball very well or very efficiently the rest of the team kind of took after him and they didn't move the ball very well either and the whole team had only 15 assists that game if you only have 15 assists, that's not very good. I mean, you have two great point guards in Chris Paul and Shay Gilgis-Alexander, and you have a six-minute-of-the-year candidate point guard with Dennis Schroeder off the bench, and you're telling me you only get 15 assists? Okay, sorry. Okay, see, that's kind of embarrassing. Like you definitely have to take advantage of the fact that houston is playing small ball all the time like for the thunder to win games in this series they need to move that ball quickly and efficiently and utilize the fact that houston is switching constantly on defense so that they can get stephen adams easy mismatches i've been watching it with different teams all the time they do it a lot with anthony davis or joel Embiid. has like the philadelphia 76ers as much as i'm very frustrated with them right now they do like- make switches for Joel Embiid and try and find him so that he can move around on the blocks and get his mismatches off the Thunder needs to do the exact same thing with Steven Adams where he can get a mismatch in the paint and do what he does best which is just bully ball and get the easy two. but I do still think the Rockets will win in five not six anymore honestly it could be a sweep if the Thunder keeps shooting poorly but I'm not gonna bank on the Rockets shooting well for like a bunch of games in a row So I'm gonna say that the Thunder will take at least one, but the Rockets will take it in five. That is my new guess. As for the next game, the Magic and the Bucks, I'm not gonna be spending a whole lot of time on this because the Bucks won convincingly. They won 111 to 96. The series is now tied one to one and let's see what the bucks looked like hold on let me pull up the stats Giannis well he played fantastic man he had 28 points and 20 rebounds that's very hard to accomplish so props to him it's very hard to have a 2020 game I remember all the hype when Andre Drummond got like a few in a row or something like that or a few in a short span and everyone was like wow that's like or not everyone but sports commentators they understand understood the significance of it Brooke Lopez oh he also stepped up in this game too he had 20 points I mean, he only had three rebounds, but that's not really what Brooke Lopez does. He's a a very, very good offensive threat. He can score from all three levels. But on the defensive side, he's going to bring defensive action, but he might not get the rebound for you, if that makes sense. Chris Middleton, man, he had a serious flop in this game. He only scored two points in 31 minutes. This man was basically just out there running around. I don't know why you're trying to run a marathon in the middle of the game. Like, just put the ball in the hoop. You're getting paid 31 mil. I don't know how hard it is. As for the Magic though, Nikola Vucevic, man, did he look good last night too. He had another amazing game with 32 and 10. He was giving it to Brook Lopez all night long, but he did not get enough help from his supporting cast as you can probably assume because they got blown out pretty much. The Magic shot 35% from the field and 21% from three, and they got out-rebounded by 15 and out-assisted by eight. Any one of those things will give you a very low chance of coming out with a W in a game, and the Magic had all four of those things happen to them. So I think they had no chance, and they definitely looked like the inferior team in this game. But like I said earlier, I expect the next three games of this series to be exactly like this, and the Bucks will win in five still. The first game was kind of a fluke. But I mean, Milwaukee still has the talent, and obviously they have Giannis. I feel like they can make this a short, quick series. And speaking of another series that is similar to this, the Blazers and Lakers, man, they also played, and the Lakers also tied it up, and they also scored 111 points. This one, the Lakers dominated the Blazers with 111 to 88 W over them. Series is now tied 1 to 1. Man, I was kinda, I was kinda satisfied. I gotta be honest, I was kinda satisfied with how the Lakers came up big in yesterday's game because I predicted them to do it in game one and they proved me right, it was just one game late. I definitely would say that I saw this coming though for game two. Like the Lakers were just resting in the bubble and they looked, yeah, I'll admit they looked not so hot and a few games and the Blazers were just coming into game one fired up man because they just earned the eight seed they worked their tail off in the bubble where the Lakers didn't really have to and in game one when the Blazers came in with all that momentum and the Lakers were coming in kind of lackadaisical they took the Lakers completely off guard and that's why they annihilated them in game one but game two the Lakers came back with a vengeance man i mean lebron didn't really have a great game but ad woke up for reference though i'll go back to lebron he shot he had 10 7 and 6 and he shot 4 of 11 and he did not make a three but obviously he didn't have to like this team dominated what the hell does he i'm sorry what the heck does he have to dominate a three or i'm mixing up all my words today lebron does not have to make a three if they're up by 30. that is what i'm trying to say so it didn't really matter however anthony davis he stepped up huge man he had 31 and 11 he shot 13 of 21 which is like 60 something percent 66 maybe who knows and then three or four from three so he shot very efficiently and he definitely played like the best big in the league like he definitely played fantastic last night caldwell pope also stepped up he had a horrible one point in the first game and he had 16 the second game but Danny Green still can't find his rhythm with only three points I mean the Lakers shot much better in this game though as a whole they shot 37 percent from three and they shot 48 percent overall the Blazers on the other hand they did not the Blazers did not shoot very well they shot only 27 percent from three Lillard only had 18 and I say only because he's a superstar and I expect Lillard to drop 30 and this offense needs Lillard to drop 30 because Lillard ended up with 18 McCollum had 13 and Melo only had two points so you're telling me that the Blazers three most prolific scorers combined for only 33 points there's no way you're gonna win a game if you're gonna have 33 points out of your okay I'm not gonna say Melo's top three player for that team because I think Nurkic is better but their top three scorers I'd say on the Blazers they combined for 33 points that's awful Damian Lillard needs at least 33 points every game so that these Trailblazers actually have a chance the Lakers definitely came back like I said with the vengeance and they annihilated the worst defensive team in the bubble because that's what they are look at the stats the Trailblazers are the worst defensive team they annihilated them and they didn't have the help from LeBron that they needed and I guess they didn't even need it and then I looked at the stats and I said wait if LeBron did good or if LeBron did not do good, then Kuzma must have done good. So I looked at the stats. Kuzma, man, you disappointed me again. You only had seven points. Uh, I I guess they won. So how much can I critique it? But you guys have heard me say it multiple times. Um, I definitely think that the that Kuzma needs to be that third star and not just like a role player for the Lakers for them to have continuous success in the playoffs. That being said, the Lakers will probably take this series in five. I know my opinion has kind of gone back and forth on this. I first said Lakers in four. Then I said the Blazers could take it in seven. And the reason I don't say that anymore is because this response that the Lakers showed in game two was astounding. Like They definitely showed not only that they're awake, but that they are not to be messed with. And this Trailblazers team wanted no part of it so it erased all the doubt in my mind that the Lakers would lose this series I think the Lakers will win convincingly in five games all right y'all that was all the games so if you guys will stick with me for just one minute I got one thing that's kind of kind of a hot take I've just kind of been pondering it and I was thinking if the Philadelphia 76ers I said this in last episode if the Philadelphia 76ers lose to Whoever they lose to, I don't think they're going to make it out of the first round, to be honest with you. But if they lose to, say, the Celtics, not only will Brett Brown be fired, which he will, but Joel Embiid, my hot take is that Joel Embiid will demand a trade. I think he's kind of fed up with Ben Simmons, and you guys can call this kind of a dumb take, but Joel Embiid would thrive better elsewhere because I feel like the city of Philly Doesn't really wrap around him like they wrap around Ben Simmons. I feel like Ben Simmons gets a lot more benefit of the doubt than Joel Embiid does. If Joel Embiid gets injured, and then he misses a few games in the season, teams are just gonna be like, well, he's injury prone. Or commentators kind of get on him, even though he has like 30 points when he plays. So the only thing is when he plays. Unfortunately, they're probably gonna go with Ben Simmons. So my hot take is this. I'm sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent. Joel Embiid will be on the Miami Heat next year and he will be with Jimmy Butler and an improved Tyler Hero and they will make a deep playoff run. That is how I'm feeling. Tell me how you tell me how you feel about it. I'm sorry. I got to wrap this up because I got a few more things I got to do before six o'clock. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Button Pushers. I enjoyed every single minute of it i'm glad i get to do these episodes every single day you guys support means everything to me so please continue hitting that like button if there is one i don't even know but give it a listen. give this a listen tell your friends you know i'm trying to blow up so i appreciate every single one of my listeners thank you guys so much this was david in the studio you guys have a great rest of your day peace